Good morning. It's good to see everybody out with us this morning. I know we have some that are on the roads traveling, and we're certainly praying for, for them. I know uh, my family and I will, uh, will be on the road Tuesday to uh, travel, and so we solicit your prayers as well, and I know there will be uh, many others that are traveling um, besides us. Thankful to share a portion of God's Word this morning, and thankful for the prayer on my behalf, and I pray that the things that I have to talk about this morning would bring glory and honor to God's name, as I, I believe that's all of the, uh, anyone that speaks, that's what we want, but we also want it to be edifying and to encouraging and, and, and comforting to um, the congregation. This morning, I want to speak a little bit about how God is able. And as I studied this subject out and I looked through the old law and the new law and take, took that concept where God is able to help in different ways and able and intervene, there is a lot of, a lot of information. And I by no means will, will, will dive into uh, to everything this morning, but I want to pull some different things up, um, away for us to look at. We have a lot of abilities through God. There's a lot of things that we can talk about. In just a couple, we have the ability of God's amazing grace, and we're so, uh, so uh, we're recipients of that grace. God's love and mercy. We can talk a lot about His love and mercy. He has the ability to love us even when we don't deserve to be loved. God's goodness is something that we all uh, enjoy and that we we're recipients of different blessings he gives us in life. God comforts like no other one can. It's his word. It's the church. The people of God, they can always comfort us. They can pick us up. And we can always be strengthened through that. We have forgiveness through God. God has the ability to forgive and wipe our sins all away. And that is just such an awesome and wonderful blessing that we have through Christ. And all of these are pertained in God's holy word. And as we read these things in God's word, we see all of these things. We see these things go into great detail. Sometimes they intertwine with one another. But they're all there. And certainly, this is not an exhaustive list. This is just a couple things that I pulled away. But these are things that are all very, um, that I hold near and dear to my heart. And I assure you to do too. This morning... I want to talk about God's support. God has the ability to support us. God has the ability to strengthen us. God has the ability to do so many things in our lives. And I hope this morning that you will be encouraged. We're not going to talk about anything that's new. We're not going to address anything that we probably haven't heard before. It'll be reminders to us. If you're like me, reminders are good. I tend to forget certain little minor details that have such a high impact and a meaning in my life. And I, so this morning, I pray that you are encouraged and edified and strengthened from the lesson that we'll, uh, we'll go over this morning. If you're like me, I tend to put limits from time to time on what God can do for me. I tend to put limits from time to time on what God is able to do in my life. And I fall into this trap of thinking when I do this that 
you know, God, he's only uh, as big as I am. Maybe you fall into the trap of thinking that the things should go this way and God should see it the same way that we do. To think this way makes God very, very, very small. God knows better than I do. He certainly knows the things that are better for me in my life. God has more power than I do. God has more wisdom than I do. God has more power and wisdom than anybody has. We shouldn't make God small. Don't try to place God in such a limit and limit to what his capabilities are because they go far beyond what we can ever imagine or comprehend. You know, I don't always understand why God does what he does. Sometimes I wonder, well, okay, why that? But again, it goes back to I'm trying to make God think like I think, and that's not possible. God is so much more powerful. He has so much more wisdom. But I can promise you one thing. No matter what has happened in the past, no matter what will happen in the future, God has a handle on it. God has the control of it, and he's going to bless us accordingly as he sees fit. It may not be as we see fit, but it's as he sees fit in our life. And we have to accept that. And when we accept that, what God is able to do in our life, I think our life can be so much greater, so much better. We never know what God has the capability of doing our, through our life, but we have to have faith to know that he's going to be able to do those things. When we attempt to do things in life that only we can do, I find that when I do that, I'm only using my own strength. I'm only using my own knowledge. I'm only using my own wisdom. I need to be able to expand my vision further of what God can do in my life. We can, again, go so much further if we look to God's word, if we look to God's comfort and we look to God's knowledge and support. You know, I, I, I think a lot of times Christ would rebuke the apostles for many different reasons. And I guess one of the things that he would commonly say to them, oh, ye of little faith. This morning, I feel like Christ tells me, oh, ye of little faith. We have to be able to trust God's abilities and what he can do in our life. And I think when we look back to that, whether it be the apostles or whether it be myself, maybe yourself, our vision is too limited. We need to have our vision focused on Christ. And we need to have the faith. And we need to use the knowledge that God gives us through his holy word to be able to, to direct ourselves in this life. God is able and God is willing. There is nothing, absolute nothing, that is impossible for God to do. And he's proven that over and over and over again in my life. And I know as time goes on, he'll continue to prove that statement over and over and over again. And he does provide support. He does give us all things. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse number 20. Now unto him, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we can ask or think, according to the power that works within me. You know... <laughs> I generally skip over this part where it talks about God is able. I just want to get over to where it talks about how he's uh, the, the far more abundantly. I skip over that small little term, how God is able. 
He is able to do all things. I can think about a lot of things. I can dream up a lot of things. I can have these great imaginations of the way the things could go. But only God truly knows how it will go. And only God is able to deliver us. God can do all things. So this morning what I want to do is I want to look at four areas where we get support from God. And again, these are not exhaustive by no means. But these are in the scripture and they're recorded for us and they're fully documented. And I believe that we can pull a lot of things from these things. I want to talk about how God provides strength for us. And it's only God that's able to give us eternal life. He can support us in getting eternal life. When we're tempted, when we're pulled one way or another, God's there to support us. I want to talk about that. And then I want to talk about how God can support us in transforming our lives. In moving after Him to His name, to honor and glory in doing everything for Him. In my own life, I find myself weak and some time to time, and I just like, I want to throw my hands up in the air and say I'm ready to give up. I go back to in these times when I'm looking like this, and I look at these times, whose strength am I relying on? Where am I getting my faith? Am I walking according to the, what the Bible tells me to do? Am I doing those things that God would have me to do? Am I accepting my weakness? Is it my weakness? And, and, and am I using my weakness? And we'll talk more about it later about my weakness, how it can be turned into. We have to turn weak in order to become um, you, God to give us strength. But I'm weak. And do I accept that? And when I do, I'm able to have God's power strength given to me am I relying on my wisdom am I relying on the wisdom that's based on man or am I relying on the wisdom that's based on God Paul had a thorn in the flesh and Levi talked about this last Sunday so I won't go too much into it but I will take a different approach to it second Corinthians chapter 12 and verse number eight concerning this thing that I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. You know, if you, ever, if you ever have a thorn in the flesh, you can certainly understand and appreciate how Paul wanted to get past this and how we know the devil was, was empowering it on him. But God will allow us to be tested from time to time. And we're going to have to suffer. But when we suffer, we're able to be strengthened. When we're, when we're tested, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but... And maybe we fail. But when we suffer, we can be strengthened. Continuing on there, it tells us, And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength, <clears throat> for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I would rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in my infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Sounds totally backwards, doesn't it? <laughs> Sounds totally backwards to take pleasure in infirmities. To take pleasure in reproaches. To take pleasure in our needs, our persecutions. It's almost like we're looking forward to them. It just doesn't sound right. But... We have to get there from time to time to be brought down to a certain level. 
to where we understand that we're weak and we can't move on until God is, until we are made weak. And then when we're weak at that point and we're dependent on God, he's able to pull us through. And what an awesome thing that is for us. God's going to supply the energy that we need. God's going to supply the resources. And God's going to supply the details that we need to do whatever thing. Robert mentioned this passage in his prayer this morning. 1 Peter 4, chapter 11. Whoever speaks, <clears throat> whoever speaks is to do so as one who is speaking the utterance of God. Whoever serves is to do so as one who is serving by the strength which God supplies so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ to whom belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever. Whether we're speaking, whether we're serving in the church, God's going to give us the strength to do it. I don't need to worry about what to say. I don't need to worry about what to think or what to do. God tells me exactly what to say. God tells me exactly what to do. He lays it out for me in his word. If we plan to go out and save the lost, to seek the lost, to share our faith, and to, to help those that are weak and, and need to hear God's word, we need to speak not as we speak, but as God speaks. It shouldn't be anything that comes from our knowledge or wisdom. It needs to come from God's knowledge and wisdom. Certainly it may sound like it's coming from us, but we relay it and direct it back to the word and God. And when God's word is able to speak, then we'll be able to have strength to do certain things. When we serve, it's not about what we can do, but it's rather about what God can do through us. I think it's okay from time to time to take tasks on that are beyond our strength or beyond our abilities. If God really wants us to do something, God's going to give us the support. God's going to give us the strength. God's going to give us the way. And God's going to provide the means so it can all be done. And we should take comfort in that. Psalms 28, chapter, Psalm 28 and verse number 7. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him. We should be able to say that same thing. The Lord is my strength. And my shield, my heart trusts in him. So certainly God gives us strength in different ways. But we have to become weak in order to accept and to gain his strength. God is also able to save us eternally. You know, I hate it, but death is something that we will all have to face. And certainly God is greater than death. God is able to to give us all things, and God's able to help us in anything this life dishes out. Certainly, we have all been around a certain type of disease, a stress, anxiety, misfortune, grief, pain. The list can go on and on and on. We've all had these things, and at times, we think it's leading to death. I know that there's been time when I'm in pain, I think it's leading to death. But God's able to... And, and God's whatever life throws at us, God's able to bring it um, past us. And I think from time to time, when we're in these stages, and when we have all of these the, these problems that we're facing that this world inflicts us, that's when Satan's going to attack us. That's when Satan's going to approach us, and Satan's going to tell us, you know, 
Look at all this thing that you're going through. Is it really worth it? Is it really worth it to keep on? And then you begin to question yourself. Should I hang in there? Should I keep on going? Do I need to put up with all of these issues? And I think the answer is yes. Overwhelmingly yes. We must remain faithful. We have to stay engaged. We can't remove ourselves from the situation. Stay engaged. God's there to help us. God's there to, to support us. We should, in these times, submit to God's word. Submit to his law and submit to his instructions. And when we do that, he's going to intervene. He's going to help. And he's going to give us eternal life. We may fall short. That's okay. We have a home in heaven waiting for us. And it's going to be fine when we get there one day. I love this verse. <laughs> there are so many things that we can pull away from this verse. But Jude, I guess Jude 1 and 24 if you want to. But Jude verse number 24. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling. And to present you faultless before the presence of his glory. With exceeding joy. <laughs> with exceeding joy. Who am I to stand in the presence of God? Who am I to be able to stand in his presence in exceeding joy? I stumble. I do things that I shouldn't. I guarantee you I'm far from blameless. <laughs> we all get in these, these different stages. And we all can certainly point these all back to us. But Jew reminds us that we serve a God who is able. We serve a God who is able to keep us from stumbling. We serve a God who makes it possible for us to be blameless with great joy. I like those words, with great joy. Exceeding joy. Makes it possible for us to stand in the presence of God. What an awesome thing. We'll have eternal life one day if we're faithful to him. Christ never dies but lives forever, and he's sitting up at the right hand of God. Hebrews 7 and 25, he is able to save forever those who draw near to God through him since he always lives to make intercession for them. Christ, when he lived on earth and he had his experience here on earth, he was sinless. He was undefiled. He was pure. He was innocent. How more can someone sympathize with us who was able to conquer all of these things that we have? No matter how we feel, no matter what stage of life that we get into, Christ can sympathize with us. He can sympathize with us and help us. Maybe these are leading us to temptation and drawing us to sin. Christ can help us. We can't get too far off to where Christ can't bring us back. So if we are far off on that path, turn back to the light. Turn back to God's word. He can bring us back and he can give us eternal life one of these days. He's able to do it and there's no limits put around it. He's able to do it, but our responsibility is to be in the light. We can't remain in darkness, expect these things to come to us. We have to turn to God and go back towards the light and then we're able to be redeemed. But we have to remain again doing his will. 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse number 9. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise as some, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance or all should come to repentance. 
At times I feel the Lord is slow. I feel the Lord is slow. There are certain things that should happen. And I ask, you know, why doesn't this just come to pass? This is such a good thing. Why shouldn't this happen? And I begin to pray. Please make this happen. You know, I can't count. I can't ever look at um, count God's patience as him being slow. Maybe there's a bigger picture in mind. Maybe it's me. Maybe it's something that we need to think about and, and, and meditate upon a little bit more. God is the one who is able to do things perfectly. God is able to one to make all things happen. And he is able to make that happen in my life. He is able to make that happen in your life and all who we come in contact with. We should never become frustrated thinking that it's not happening fast enough. Remind ourselves that we're on God's timetable. He's not on ours. We're to submit to him and his, his will. God being patient gives us the blessings to carry on. And we can get our life straightened out so we can be accepted in his sight, doing his will while here on earth. Certainly, it's a great blessing to have eternal life one day. And it's something we all look forward to, to be able to spend eternity in the presence of God without being blameless and with great joy. There's times that we're going to be tempted and we're going to be tried. And if you haven't, well, <laughs> you just haven't lived long enough yet, I guess. But it's going to happen and it's going to happen in some form, fashion, way or another. And I wish we didn't have to deal with it. But, you know, <laughs> that's not the case. As long as we live here on earth, we're going to be tempted. And as long as we're alive, we're going to be pulled to the left or to the right. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse number 18 for since he himself was tempted in that which he has suffered, he is able to come to the aid of those who are tempted. He's able to support us, come to our aid. Again, it goes back to there's not a thing that we're going to face that Christ hasn't faced already. We may think so it has, but no, in reality it hasn't. Christ has faced all of these things. Jesus led a wonderful life in spite of all the temptation that was brought on his way. All of the sufferings that were brought on his way. And all of these things, he never sinned once. I'm guilty. <laughs> whenever I'm tempted and whenever I have to suffer, I think, tend to think things I shouldn't. But Christ, he didn't. He was sinless. He was perfect in it. We're not able, um, just remind ourselves that we're not alone in the battle. We have to go to God in prayer, read his word, Talk to our brothers and sisters in Christ. God who is able, gonna, he's going to provide a way of escape for us. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verses 12 and 13, a verse that we quote from time to time, but it has a lot of meaning to us. I guess every verse has a lot of meaning to us. But it tells us, Therefore let anyone who thinks, who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. No temptation has, has overtaken you, that is, not, that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may, not, that you may be able to bear it, to endure it. He's going to help us. He's going to strengthen us. He's going to encourage us. 
Look at the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I can't say that word, those three guys' names right. But when they were up against Nebuchadnezzar, they told them, Nebuchadnezzar instructed them that they better bow down or they would be thrown into a fiery furnace. If you're in that situation and you were told to do something that was contrary to God's word or you're going to be thrown in that fiery furnace, how would you respond? I'm scared to know how I would respond. But they responded, great. They told them, our God who we serve is able to deliver us from the furnace of the blazing fire and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. They had faith. They had encouragement. They knew that God was able to help them. They put their trust in God because they knew that God can deliver them. They knew exactly who God was. And they knew that God was going to be able to pull them out of that fiery furnace and make nothing happen. And we know the story how it happened. Satan is very sneaky. He's very crafty. And just when we think we have him cornered in one way, ah, I've got this figured out. He's already figuring out another way to come in. And he's, he's going to tempt us. And he's going to try us. Every time Satan wants to throw temptation and sin out, remember, God is there. God is faithful. And he, God can always be replied on. And God has given us a way of escape. God wants to help us. God wants to support us. God wants to guide us through. God has delivered Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego from the fiery furnace. He brought Paul through Satan, tormenting him. And there are so many other stories where he's been able to pull those and help those from Satan. And, there are, and there's many stories recorded in the Bible where he's done that. God will also deliver us from our sufferings. God will also deliver us from our temptations. If You know, think about it this way. If we're never tempted and we had our life just so great and we never had to suffer, we never had any persecutions, why would we want to go home to heaven? I think God brings these things towards us because he wants us to go home to heaven. The Bible tells us that we're pilgrims here. The Bible tells us that we're here for a short time and that has to be our mindset. But if we were never tried, if we were never tempted, if we were never had to suffer, we would never long to go home to heaven. God doesn't want that. So accept those temptations. And then when I begin to think about these things, it makes more sense what Paul said about how he rejoices in them. I know we all want to go home to heaven one day. Be encouraged that we can get through it. But we have to have God on our side. Something that's common to us all. The lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. God promised that he would give us a way of escape. He promised that he's going to map that out for us. That's his promise. Our role is to find it. Our role is to be watching out for it. God's going to put it right there in front of our face. And brethren, it's been so close to me, it's been able to slap me, and I still haven't seen it. We have to be able to look for it. It's our responsibility in it. If we were in a, 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 a fire and a, and a building was burning down, or if we're fixing to be involved in a car wreck, we would find the way of escape. <laughs> we would be looking for that way of escape. It's our role to look for that way of escape. In life, we have to be always looking and preparing for ourselves. If we apply this thought to temptation, think about what, what, what great things that we can do. We can be proactive. Rather than focusing on the temptation, focus on the way of escape. Christ has it there for us. 
It's fully documented. It's fully mapped out within his holy word. Certainly, it's certain God provides the way of escape for us. And certainly, God's going to help us through temptation. Just look to his word. He wants to support us. It should be encouragement to us. He's able to transform our lives. I don't know if I like change. <laughs> change is tough. We want to say yes to God and no to Satan. But it seems like when I do that, <laughs> Satan always knows the couple things that get me. And he's going to bring those on to me. And he's going to set them out before me. And it's like I fall into it every single time. As I look over my life, I see growth from when I first was baptized into Christ's kingdom. I certainly see growth. But I also know that there are a lot of opportunities for improvement. But when I fail, <laughs> I become frustrated. And when I fail, I become, uh, I guess, on a... Uh, uh, I feel like I'm reactive in a lot of ways. But God has the ability to transform me. God has the ability to transform you. He has that power, but we have to submit to him and submit to it. We should never put limits on what God can do for us because it's endless. And we're only limiting ourselves whenever we do that. If we have God supporting us, he will give us more than we're going to be able to comprehend. If God's on our side, he's going to give us more than we could ever think of or imagine. God will give us victory. God's going to give us that victory to get past. or God's going to, God's going to give us the victory and the strength to get past whatever obstacle, whatever roadblock is in our way. Through Christ, God needs all of our needs. Philippians 4, chapter 19, God will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. God has the ability and the capability to give us far beyond what we can ask or imagine. I can think and I can ask for imagine and imagine a lot. But to think that God can give me far beyond that, that's an awesome thing. It's certainly strength for us and God can transform it for us. God does not limit on how much he gives us, but he's going to limit on giving us what is right based upon our situation. Again, it goes back to it's not our knowledge. It's not our wisdom. It's God's knowledge and it's God's wisdom. And he knows best what needs to happen at a certain place at a certain time. The power to do what is right is found in God because he gives us all things. Second Corinthians chapter three and verse number 18 but we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, and being transformed in the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord, the Spirit. Every day we should be growing. Every day we should be transforming a little bit more. Each day we should see that growth just a little bit more. We should be growing away from the, from, from the flesh and from the carnal and over towards God. And as time grows, that growth is there, but it may be real small. That real small growth is okay. It goes back to on God's timetable and allowing him to work through us and within us. God's going to allow us to grow 
on a way that, that's according to his will. It goes back to, why don't these things just happen? <laughs> well, maybe it's not ready to happen yet. Maybe we need some other uh, instruction in our life, and certainly God will know best. We all have the ability to change our lives, and we need to submit to God to allow him to do it. Because when we use our own ability, we use our own wisdom, and we don't use God's support, then certainly our life will not be transformed into the way, into his likeness, and into the image that he wants us to be. A little bit of application for us. We should pray for our needs to be met. We all have these needs, and we know that God knows these needs. And so maybe we think from time to time, well, if God knows these needs, why should I go to him in prayer? Why should I go him and ask him for, for these things? <laughs> well, it's weird the way it works from time to time, for me at least, but when I go to God in prayer, I start asking for these things. Suddenly things come to my mind, and, and it just is it's God's will revealed to me in, in different ways. We need to go to God in prayer to have all of our needs met. Our request should be offered in the same manner as the Jesus's was. Matthew 26 and 39. Oh, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. That's hard from time to time. But it's important for us to do. Do you think that Christ wanted to suffer? I don't think he did. But he was willing to. We have the same mentality. Always trust that God is able to bring the greatest blessings out of the worst circumstances. It sounds kind of odd to think about that, but guys, Christ can bring the greatest blessings when we consider it to be the worst circumstances. He's going to help us. He's going to support us. By submitting to God's control in our life, he is able to provide us strength. He is able to save us eternally. He's going to help us when we are tried. He's going to support us when we are tempted. He's going to be able to transform our likeness into his. He's going to be able to we'll be able to transform into his image, and bringing glory and honor to him. We read this verse at the onset of our lesson, but I want to read it again, and let it soak in a little bit more. Ephesians three verses twenty and twenty one. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we can ask or think. According to the power that works within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Ain't that a comfort? Ain't that an encouragement? He can do all things. He's able to provide us all things. In conclusion this morning, we can be changed on that final day and live with heaven Live with God in heaven forever. Philippians chapter 3, verse number 21. Who will transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to his glorious body according to the work by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. The greatest blessings come to those who submit to God's control. But on the opposite end of the spectrum, if we reject it, we're not able to receive them. If we reject those things and we submit to what the things that the devil is enticing us to do, it's unfortunate, but we're going to lose God's blessings. 
And it's going to be a sad day. God allows us to make the choice, but we're accountable for that choice. I pray this morning that you would have considered that choice in your life. God wants us to change, and he wants to make our lives better. And we can change in such a way that we'll be pilgrims. We're going to leave this world behind. The temptation, the sin, the suffering, all of that is going to be behind us. Romans chapter 12 and verse number 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may, be, that you may prove what, is, what that is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. If you have not been baptized this morning for the remission of your sins, do it before you leave today. Have that hope of eternal life. Take hold of it. Don't let it go. Maybe you have been baptized and there are some things in your life that you just can't get past. We all sin from time to time. And we all have the blood of Jesus to cover our sins once we have been baptized into the church. And certainly we all struggle with sin. But maybe there's that sin in your life, that temptation that you just can't get past. God can get you past it. So if you have that problem in your life, we want to help you. It's not us helping you. It's God that's going to give you the strength to get through it. But we'll pray for you. And we'll be able to uh, have all these prayers go to God. And he'll be able to support you. I promise that he'll be able to bring you through it. You know why? Because the word of God tells us it will. So if there's those this morning that would like to be baptized, or those this morning that would like the prayers of the church, come forward and we stand and sing the song that's been selected. <laughs>